Welcome everyone to As For Me and My House. Thanks for joining us in your homes and around your tables as we dive into our study in Philippians, which we have entitled, Finding Joy in Every Season. As goes the classic Shakespeare line, parting is such sweet sorrow. As we wrap up our study and as Paul gives his closing remarks in his letter to the Philippians, we see this. We see a sweetness and an affection um, as we part, as we say goodbye. And this is very instructive for us in our study, what Paul will show us in these last few verses of Philippians 4, 21 to 23. So let's read those verses. It says here, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You know, as Paul writes this, this isn't just a simple goodbye. It's not just a formality to end his letter. He means to end his letter with expressing his fervent love. Isn't that right, Lauren? Right. We remember this whole letter is going to be read to the church in Philippi, and it's his last chance to share his heart for them, and that's what he does. So we can learn a few things uh, as we look at these verses, can't we, Lauren? Learn a few things Mm -hmm. about how we ought to regard and relate to one another in our goodbyes. So who is it that this love is directed to? Um, Well, again, we see this in verse 21. Paul ends his letter by saying, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. That's who the goodbyes to, every saint in Christ Jesus. And um, these, again, are saints due to their position in Christ Jesus. We've seen this before. He opened the letter with that greeting to the saints in verse 1, chapter 1, and now he closes with a similar expression. Yeah, we're reminded again here that Paul's favorite term for a Christian uh, is saint. In fact, he never uses the word Christian, but he refers to us as saints 76 times. And I love this. And I think we need to dwell on this more in the church. You know, I meet so many people that stay in a sinner identity. And we are, are, we are most definitely sinners saved by grace, but we don't stay there. Uh, sinner is not our identity. Our identity is to be a saint a holy one, made righteous by the blood of Christ. And this is important because we will live into our identities and we will live out of our identities. So we need to remember who we are in Christ. Yeah, so it's just worth noting again that Paul puts his finger on this again, their identity in Christ as he's closing this letter. And that word saint, again, it's that word hagios in the Greek. And it really means one who has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit and one who is set apart from a life of sin and a life unto God and holiness. So every saint enjoys a permanent fixed position in Christ Jesus. Every Christian has a vital union with him. And it's worth looking at this again too, that this is what bonds us. This is what binds us together. Um, despite geography, remember Paul was in, in, in Rome in prison and the church is far away in Philippi. So despite geography, despite our, our race, despite culture, This is the common bond that we have, relationship in Christ. And uh, it's, I think, quite fascinating to even think that uh, this is what connected Paul to those believers. Mm. And if we're in Christ Jesus today, we're connected to them as well. Mm. We are connected to these saints in Christ in the text. We will meet them one day in glory. Uh, Just as we have that hope of seeing our loved ones, who are in Christ to see them in glory, we will also see these these ones right here mm. in, in glory. So um, 
we just note this special greeting, special goodbye, special affection for every saint because they are a saint in Christ Jesus. Now, let's be precise. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. This is to stress that each individual believer in the church is important. You know, if Paul had used the word all, greet all the saints, it would have emphasized that the, you know, the church corporately as one big group. But by saying every saint, Paul is underscoring how much he loves every member in the church. In saying every saint, there is a lesson for us here. Isn't that right, Lauren? Yeah, that's right. There's no room for favoritism here. We are to love and care without partiality. You know, we don't want to be those who just care for those in our friendship group and who are cold and insensitive to others. So it's, it's good for us to assess our own hearts. Some of us are naturally shy and introverted, and we tend to withdraw from others. And we need to be directed by the Holy Spirit into the lives of others to greet them and to embrace them. And equally, if we are independent by nature, we must seek others to love. We must extend warm expressions of love to God and to other believers. An affectionate Christianity is an effective Christianity. It's amazing how much we can get out of these little verses. Um, And it may pause us right here to think about um, how we greet one another in the church. Uh, For starters, do we greet one another in the church? Um, Hopefully so. But as we do, do we have an aim to greet everyone? As far as we're able to. I mean, I know you can't greet 50 or 100 people on a Sunday morning. But the point here being, do we value each and every individual believer? Hmm. Do we make an effort to acknowledge and care for them where we can? Uh, In other words, are you an every saint kind of person or an exclusive saint kind of person? So this is who this warm goodbye is to, every saint in Christ Jesus. Now, who again is it from? Well, it says, the brothers who are with me greet you. So Paul also sends greetings from the brothers. (laughs) And we recall, uh, though a prisoner, Paul was able to receive visitors. He had some brothers in Christ who were close with him. We can recall Timothy and Epaphroditus. And there were a few others that had brought Paul reports while in prison of, of the churches. They brought those reports. And the point is, once again, we see that Paul rarely lived an isolated life. He lived his Christian life in community even when he was in prison. Right. And so we have some application here for us. It's a a bit of a word to us that if Paul can find a way to have Christian community in prison, uh, how much more ought we to value and pursue Christian community? Uh, We should not let something like COVID-19 evaporate our efforts for community. Uh, Even if we have restrictions or need to take needed cautions, uh, what we can do, we should do with, with wisdom as our guide. And Paul goes on to say in verse 22, all the saints greet you. And this text is saying all the believers in Rome greet the Philippians. So who are these believers? Uh, you can find a list of them in Romans chapter 16, some of whom would have had contact with Paul. So Paul is speaking on their behalf and communicating their greetings. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? These greetings from the church in Rome to the church in Philippi, this was a really valuable practice for, for one church to greet another. And it's something that we don't want to lose in our day. We are all connected and we are all one body in Christ. Uh, every church who's in Christ Jesus. You know, I know it wasn't long ago that, that uh, some of us at Grace Baptist Church 
we received a greeting from Pastor Joltz and his church is in Romania, and they were passing on their greetings to our church. And I just appreciate that in our church, um, I hope it's okay to mention his name here, but I appreciate that Horst, uh, the brother in our church, he said, you know, it's very important that we pass along that greeting to Mm -hmm. our church. God is connecting and uniting his body across oceans and across different continents. And this strengthens us when we see how we're all connected in Christ and how big God's gospel plan really spans. Right. Yeah. And all this testifies to to how attuned Paul was to people. This isn't just to mean he was an extrovert. We shouldn't think that. But that the gospel has molded and shaped Paul to love like God loves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what... You know, we look at these verses, and and I hope we catch that we need to be affectionate toward one another in the church, um, even if we are to advance the gospel. An affectionate Christianity is an attractive Christianity, because it's out of this community that Paul was ministering from. And at this point, we also notice, um, now we're going to see something really striking about Paul's greeting, and that's in verse 22 here, where it says, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now, why is that so striking? Well, this is amazing. It's, it's telling us that a bunch of people from Caesar's household became Christians. Uh, and, and, you know, most believe that that expression, especially those of Caesar's household, it refers to those serving in Caesar's actual household, people who had served in various ways. Mm-hmm. And this you know, this would have been a highly unlikely group of people who had been converted to Christ. So even in the inner recess um, or the inner parts of the empire, the word of God had continued to advance. And I think this is just a wonderful touch at the end of the letter from Paul that's going to remind the Philippian church that the power of Rome cannot ultimately stop the gospel. Earlier, Paul spoke about his desire for the advance of the gospel back in chapter 1, verse 12. And here we see that it is indeed advancing, even in his imprisonment. Yeah, it's amazing. It was only because Paul was suffering in chains that the gospel advanced into the darkest of places, even Caesar's own household. So because Paul was chained to a soldier, one of Caesar's best at all times, they heard the gospel and they took it back to Caesar's household and people came to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And this was huge in a time when everyone proclaimed Caesar is Lord. His own household recognized the lordship of Christ. So that is incredible. And this must have been encouraging for the Philippians to hear because remember they were encountering opposition. And it should be encouraging to us when we can see that, you know, that God can reach people in unlikely pockets, in unlikely places, Mm. even in our day. If, if the, the gospel could get into Caesar's household, mm-hmm. could it not even get into you know, the places in our government? Mm-hmm. And so we need to have that hopeful view mm-hmm. that the Lord can work even there. Mm-hmm. Well, the last verse in Paul's letter is verse 23. And it says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul closes with a word of grace. He opened with a word of grace a blessing in chapter one, verse two, and now he closes with one. Yeah. Uh, I love how grace bookends this beautiful letter. You know, when you look at the rigorous Christian living called for in this book, the pressing on towards holiness, we need to understand the grace on either ends 
or we will end up working for our salvation and that will leave us burnt out and lost. It is by grace that we have been saved through faith. It's not by our own doing. It is a gift from God. And when grace is understood properly, it will fuel us to run after the Lord and his purposes with all of our heart. So grace fuels us, it empowers us, and it equips us. Yeah, it's everywhere in Paul's letter. This remarkable letter is just saturated with grace. Uh, I hope we've seen that in our study Mm -hmm. and and all of our weeks together. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the grace of God's uh, promise of completing what he has started. Mm -hmm. That was in chapter 1, verse 6. Let's do a little review here. Chapter 1, verse 6, the the promise of completing what God has started. Um, The grace of the promise of what we have of being with Christ in, in chapter 123. The stunning self-emptying of Christ in, in chapter 2, verse 7, uh, to the imputed righteousness of Christ to believing sinners in chapter 3, verse 9, to the fact that we have a heavenly citizenship, chapter 3, verse 20, and a Father who hears our prayers and gives us peace, that was chapter 4, 6 through 7, and a Father who supplies all of our needs, chapter 4, verse 19, uh, grace is everywhere. We need to know this grace more. Mm-hmm. We need relationships that are just uh, covered in grace, and we should indeed praise him for his grace and favor. Mm-hmm. You know, in summary, um, from first to last, the, the letter to the Philippians is a summons to grace, mm-hmm. to receive it, to rest in it, and to work it out in one's life. Mm-hmm. So as we close this letter, well, I guess now we can get to kind of the fun part here. (laughs) Let's just look back over these last 13 weeks and ask the question, what really stood out to you and made an impact in our lives? Mm. Um, That'd be a great discussion question at home, Mm -hmm. but Lauren and I will do that one right here for a minute. What spoke to you, Lauren? How long do I have? (laughs) I could go on for a while with this letter, Uh, but I'll try to keep it brief for the sake of the podcast. You know, I love spending time in this letter to the Philippians and the message never gets old for me. And there are always new things to meditate upon. This book contains the refreshing reminder that I need daily that Jesus is better, that Jesus is the treasure, and to soak in texts like to to live is Christ and to die is gain. Life is all about Jesus and dying is gain because I get to be with him. And verses like I count everything as loss compared to the the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He is the source of contentment. He is the treasure that satisfies, and from him comes this joy and this peace that we long for. So there is, there's nothing better than knowing Christ. And Brent, what about you? Yeah, well, uh, I would say what stood out to me um, was this, you know, this, the challenge, this most challenging part to me uh, of Paul's combined emphasis on humility selflessness and unity. I mean, wasn't it all Mm -hmm. over the place? Mm -hmm. It seemed like it was always popping up, this call to humility and unity. um, That, you know, the example of Christ in in chapter 2, 5 through 11, uh, to Paul's own example, his own humble example. And we saw the example of Timothy and Epaphroditus as other positive examples to follow. And then there was even negative examples like Yodia and Syntyche, these two ladies, uh, negative examples of humility and unity. Uh, I just think everywhere this letter would not let us escape examining ourselves in our own um, practices of humility and unity. And that's, that was really challenging because let's face it, we're, we're wired for pride. We're wired for thinking about ourselves all the time. 
But I just think it's stunning how much the Lord wants each of us to address this in our lives mm. and to grow and to change and to become like Paul or Timothy or Epaphroditus or most of all, like Christ. Mm-hmm. So I know I have a long way to go, but Philippians is really serious uh, about helping us in this. I sure found that. Right. And uh, I just want to quickly add one more thing that stood out to me, or a couple more things. Um, the themes of making progress on the two journeys, that's been a great challenge. The, the internal journey of holiness and the external journey of gospel advancement. Uh, Philippians has challenged me to not settle with where I am in my Christian walk, but to press on towards growth. And I've been challenged to walk in humility, to press on towards holiness, to keep my mind free from anxiety and worldly ambitions, and to find contentment in Jesus no matter what comes my way. It's also challenged me to take evangelism and discipleship seriously and to look and pray for opportunities, which indeed he has given recently. Yeah, great. So, you know, well, as, I guess as it's time that we're closing the study now, mm. uh, I, I think we just want to pray that, that the Lord will richly bless everyone, every saint in Christ Jesus who's been a part of this. Pray that the Lord will bless you as you seek Christ and his strength as we seek obedience to his commands, and as we press on towards his kingdom and his mission. Lauren? Yes, may we we come to know true joy and abundant peace through the one who alone satisfies. May we find contentment in Christ. Okay, with that, let's bow in prayer together. Lord, we thank you for this study, this time that we have had in this letter from the Apostle Paul. We thank you for all of the lessons that you've been wanting to show us and work in our hearts. We just thank you for the message of grace today, uh, without which we would be utterly lost. We thank you for the grace that comes to us in and through Christ. Mm -hmm. And we pray that we would value so many of the things that we've learned in this letter. Mm -hmm. I pray that we would value what we saw today, that we would value Christian community corporately and in every saint individually. I pray that we would see the gospel go into the homes and the hearts of those in the far out places, the places even in our government, in our country's leadership. Mm. We pray that you would do a work there. We pray that we would know the empowering and equipping grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you again. I pray that you would uh, help us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. Mm. And thank you for the study. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, just one last question that maybe some of you are asking. Uh, maybe you're wondering, is this the end of As For Me and My House, this ministry? And the answer is, uh, we don't know. <laughs> uh, a lot of us don't know a lot of things these days. We don't know what the next season of ministry will look like. But certainly, uh, if this has been a help or a blessing to you and your faith at home, uh, it might, yeah, it'd be good for us to hear that from you. So you can let us know. And yeah, and we pray this podcast and study has been an encouragement to you and that you were able to enjoy a rich time of fellowship with friends or family members around the word. Uh, it was our prayer that this study would spark faith-filled conversation with your spouse, roommate, siblings, children, or friends in your homes and around your tables. That's right. So a grace-filled goodbye to you. May the grace of Christ be with you all. Mm-hmm.